0: Back to Bad on Paper podcast.
1: I'm Grace Atwood. And I'm Becca Freeman. So this episode is brought to you by Simon & Schuster. And today we're talking about The Last Guest House, which is a new book that is the perfect read to keep you on the edge of your seat during social distancing. It's a super creepy thriller. So we're going to tell
0: you more about it, but keep your ears open for it. We have a really fun episode today. Today's episode was Becca's idea. Um, Today's episode is going to be all about cooking and food because we've both found ourselves cooking so much more than usual and also having some favorite new snack.
1: Yeah. So we're talking about our experience specifically while quarantining. However, hopefully this episode is still relevant afterwards because I think food is always relevant.
0: It was really funny. Food is always relevant.
1: I know. It was really funny. I put up on my Instagram story right at the beginning of um, social distancing, I, I put like a question box and asked what people wanted us to cover. And food was one of the most common things. And I even find myself like I'm just I'm watching everyone's food Instagram stories so closely because I'm I want inspiration. So hopefully this gives you some new inspiration, some new things to cook. Grab yeah. a snack. Maybe you don't listen to this hungry. Yeah, don't listen to this episode hungry. I got hungry just working on the outline. <laughs> I was looking at this and I was like, wow, I really want some chips and salsa, which sounds like the worst food to eat near a microphone, like slurpy yeah, that would and be crunchy. Nightmare. So yeah,
0: I'll I'll don't eat it after it. we're done.
1: Yeah. Before we get into it, though, how are you doing?
0: Um, I'm okay. I feel like I'm settling into this as like a bit of a normal. I was really good about doing my Melissa Wood health this week, so I feel like I worked through the past three days. I didn't do it today, but definitely that has has helped my state of mind. Um, I'm still doing this thing where I sleep in and stay up late, and I would like that to change, but I'm also trying to just be graceful with myself and not be so hard on myself because we're in a pandemic. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I see so many memes, not memes, but like inspirational
1: quotey type things on Instagram that talk about going easy on yourself. And it's so easy when I see it written where I'm like, yeah, and then I beat myself yeah. up about something. Yeah, same. So working on that, how about you? I'm actually good. I Continuing on the trend of last week, I do feel like I'm adjusting to this. I also feel like... I've not only distanced myself from the news at this point, but the news has lost its luster because it's kind of just the same stuff over and over and over. So it's not even like I have to actively keep myself away from it because I'm like bored of it now.
0: So No, I know it. It's always the same thing over and over again. (laughs) I know. So
1: in that way, I feel like that's not an input in my brain right now. I feel good. I'll tell you about my high, which I think has a lot to do with why I feel good. But
0: I'm so excited about your high.
1: I I don't have um I don't have grapes. I I'm only I only have happy things right now. Well, tell us about your high then. Okay, so this week we cast the two leads in rom com pods. If you missed it, is this the
0: one that I listened to? Yes, we also cast the um the guy I know I haven't heard the guy Becca played me let me play let me play one of the clips and it was so good
1: yeah um so if you missed it I'm launching a new podcast called romcom pods which is a fiction podcast so think of it kind of like a cross between an audiobook and a radio play so there'll be actors who are acting out the dialogue instead of somebody just reading it so we're launching it in June but we cast the two leads I'm so excited about this project in general and we are starting to record next week which when this goes live will be this week and I am freaking out I'm freaking I'm out. so excited for you I I'm first of, I think there's two things here so the first thing is I think it has this like we have this beginner thing where it's really exciting because we don't know how hard it's gonna be so we're just like yeah this is amazing we're gonna do this yeah. in a month and we're probably going I'm two weeks, I'm probably going to be like, I hate everything. But it's very exciting right now. And then the other thing is I just I feel so grateful that I have this project during quarantine because I really do feel like in some ways it's like a life raft. And I feel grateful that it was already started before quarantine because one, I think I am the type of person that needs a project. Like I'm not a good long term relaxer. (laughs) And then, yeah, Two, I I think it would be really hard. I think I would really struggle with motivation to start something during this. But since it's already going, it's like we got to keep it going. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But I'm very high on my own supply right now. I'm like fucking amped about this. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. I'm so excited. It feels real. We were doing chemistry yeah. tests with um, different pairings of the actors um, this week and hearing them read it as opposed to just like reading a script on a page.
0: I was like, it's real. That's so cool. I'm so proud of you. So I can't cool. wait for it. What's your high? Um, I have a few. Okay. They're all just kind of like little things that added up to make the week like a little bit less miserable. Okay. Um, One thing I did was I rearranged my couches into an L shape versus the way that they were facing each other and I feel like that just opened up the room and made it feel a little bit more um I don't know just different. I feel like having like changing my space a little bit made it more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um the other thing is I wrote a piece for Cosmo I and loved I loved your like, piece for Cosmo. I I didn't you. text you that. I I don't know why, but I I, lo- I read it and I loved it. I don't know from them how it did, but I just saw it get shared so much on social media and the response was really positive. I was very nervous because they wanted me to write like a vulnerable piece about what it's like to be an influencer during this time. And I was so nervous about coming off poorly or about seeming entitled or bratty. And like there's such a bias against influencers in general right now, that I was just nervous that somebody was going to like come for me. And the response has been really positive. So that like was great. And it felt good to kind of put into words a lot of what I I've been feeling. I'm definitely better at writing things versus saying them. So that was definitely a high. Um, and then my little videos that I've make, been making have kind of been my life rafts. Like just it makes me laugh thinking about even like thinking about what I'm going to do. And then it makes me so happy because people keep messaging me telling me that the videos like cheered them up or I've had people tell me like they're like healthcare workers and they come home and they watch my dumb video and it makes them laugh. And that's kind of all I want. Like I just want my channels to be like a fun, distracting thing right now. So that's been really nice. So I'd say like there's no big high. It's just like little things that have kind of added up to make the week a little bit brighter. Little highs count. Yeah, they're micro highs. Is that should that be a, a new thing? Micro highs, we're micro dosing on highs. Yes. <laughs> do
1: you also have micro lows, or do you have macro lows?
0: Um, micro micro lows. There, are <laughs> so I um I have three. So first of all, this was a, this was a bigger low. I like massacred my leg in the bathtub, which again, everyone's like, why are you shaving your legs during a quarantine? And agree I, with I don't know. I don't know. I wanted to feel nice and have shiny, smooth legs. So I shaved and I was thinking, I don't know what I did. I had a new cartridge, everything. I just really butchered my ankles. Like I took Ooh, like a ankles big chunk and knees. Out.
1: Ankles and knees yes. are just the,
0: the bloodiest. There was blood all over the bathroom and then I didn't have any band-aids. <laughs> so I had – what I did was I made – I took some of my precious toilet paper, which – oh, another micro high is that I got toilet paper. Oh, good. Our little, our little local bodega has it. Oh, good. Yeah, it's not Charmin. I've just given up on ever using Charmin again. I'm set. But, um, my, my aunt sent me some. I know. Your quarantine package from your aunt should be your, your high.
1: It was really good, although it's starting to turn into a low because I can't stop eating um, Easter candy. You can put it in my mailbox. I'll take it. No, I want it. I just I want (laughs) it to be taken away from me temporarily and then given back to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm jealous. She got her aunt sent her toilet paper, Lysol wipes, Lysol spray, Easter candy. It was great. And tortillas. Was very jealous.
1: She was like, what can't you find? Oh, th- and tortillas. She was like, what can't you find at the grocery store? Send me a list and I, I want to send you a care package. And I was like, this is great. The Easter candy was a surprise.
0: So it was great. That's so nice. Oh, back to your leg massacre. Um, wait, back to Lowe's. My leg massacre was pretty bad. I had no Band-Aids. So I used toilet paper to make like a patch. And then I used a hair tie to go around that. And then I put a sock over the whole contraption to like just hold it together. When that's, I slept, that's honestly pretty resourceful. Did it yeah, work? Yeah, I was. Yeah, it worked great. Oh, great! Yeah, I'm all healed now. Um, that was bad. The dishes situation. I just don't know how many. How I have so many goddamn dishes. I am one person. Same. And they just keep piling up. It makes me like not even want to cook because I'm like, oh, well, I'm gonna have to clean all these dishes now. Um, so that's been a a low. And then the drain flies are back. So thanks to many listeners who messaged me to tell me when I had my fly situation a couple of days ago that they were probably drain flies living in the drain. So of course I Googled that, figured it out. It is, they are drain flies. Disgusting. I don't know why I have them. I'm a very clean person. So this is also making me feel unclean and awful, but, um, I fixed, I, I fixed it. Or so I thought by pouring Drano down and doing that whole thing. And I didn't have them for a while. But they're back, and what I heard was that like some of the flies could be out while you're doing it, and so they don't die, and then those flies go back and lay more eggs. So I'm like, how do I get rid of them all for good? I got more Drano and I did it again, but I can't keep pouring Drano down the drain. Why not? Bad for the environment, and it's bad for your pipes. But the flies are bad for <laughs> your mental health. I know. So I I don't know what to do. I'm going to do some more googling. If anyone else has any ideas, please. DM me drain I, fly I, experts, please get at Grace. Yeah, uh, and I the thing is, usually I would just call our super, but I'm not going to do that because I don't want to put him in danger and have him come to my house. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. How about you?
1: Um, mine is a mine's not a low, really. It's a medium, but um, walking has kind of lost its luster for me. I'm bored of walking. I feel like I have. Wandered amply around Williamsburg, Greenpoint, East Williamsburg, and Bed-Stuy, where anything that's you know within a two and a half, three mile walk from my apartment, I've like done it nine times, and I'm bored, and I don't know Jessica anymore, yeah. so I'm I'm kind of just struggling to be active, um, yeah. I, I always feel so much better when I do it. I went for like a I went for a long walk yesterday for like an hour and a half, and I felt great afterwards. And I know that I'll feel great if I go, even if it's boring and I go places that I've recently been. But I'm just like struggling to motivate.
0: I hear that. I um, one thing that motivates me to go out is cute masks. I like I feel like if I have a cute outfit, then I am excited to go show it off, even though like No one cares about my stupid cute mask.
1: No. I don't think that's gonna do it for me. I think I need a um like a new podcast or a audiobook or something that I'm doing in addition
0: to walking. Yeah. yeah. Well we have to listen to our audio book for Next week's book club so that could help
1: I don't think I can do that I don't think I can walk around Brooklyn doing that I'm just gonna be like sobbing my eyes out oh you're right while so walking sad. and people are gonna be like what's wrong with that girl that is true I think I need to I think I need to listen to that in my house
0: yeah that's true
1: we'll it's, see yeah people recommended some other celebrity memoirs in the Facebook group so maybe I'll try one of those I was thinking of maybe trying busy Phillips which I've heard mixed things about oh yeah I have that one I have the hard copy. I think it's more like um, individual essays versus a a narrative. Okay, I like essays. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Well, before we get into the podcast, quick desperation minute. So many of you lovely people have left us reviews, and we're really grateful, except for the one person that left us a bad review. Like, what are you doing in quarantine that you're like, now's the time? Oh, my
0: god. Did I miss this? What did they say? Don't go look at
1: it. Anyway, we would love for you to leave us a review. It helps us to um, get seen by other people in Apple Podcasts. And uh, if you're loving this podcast, take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram story. Even if you don't have tons of followers, it's super meaningful to get your friends into the podcast. And if you know somebody who's bored and might like this, send it to them.
0: Yeah, do it. We really, really, really
1: appreciate your reviews. Let's get into the topic at hand. Let's talk about food.
0: Let's talk about food. I didn't eat lunch before this, so I know I'm going to be hungry and sad. I'm hungry and I kind of want a glass of wine. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. What –
1: tell me – set the stage for me. How has cooking during social distancing been similar or different for you than normal?
0: Um, I'm overall just cooking a lot more. I'm definitely more um in tune with my finances and saving money and trying not to spend a million dollars on takeout. It's also risky to order takeout. I, I do it as a treat, like maybe once or twice a week, but I've been cooking all of my meals. Um and I'm also just like struggling sometimes to find certain ingredients. It's not like I can just place a food kick order. The, because I want to cook something I have to really plan it out and um think about it like usually like a week or two in advance cuz if you do get your groceries delivered like sometimes spots don't open up for 2 weeks. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How about you? I feel like well first of all I've never cooked so much in my adult life. Same. Like I- I'm feeding myself 3 meals a day and I'm with you on the dishes situation. Yeah. It's I do feel like the act of having cooked for myself for the past month has made it somewhat easier. Like, I've definitely gotten adjusted to both the dishes and the act of cooking. I mean, it probably helps that it's not like I'm coming home from work at the end of the day and I'm exhausted. I'm like, I have all the time in the world. Yeah. That's the other thing is I do feel like I have way more time because I'm looking to be entertained. So uh, two nights ago, I made bolognese. I made homemade bolognese. Your bolognese looked so good. It was really good. But the recipe was like, cook time, two and a half hours. And I was like, great. Like, what else do I have to do? This is going to take two and a half hours? Like, awesome. Something to entertain myself. So I do feel like my excitement about cooking and my like willingness to either cook things that are I would usually get takeout of or take cook things that take like a really long time is way higher than normal. Yeah, I agree. Because I feel like usually outside of quarantine, I'm kind of a lazy cook during the week. Like I okay, so I really enjoy cooking for other people. I'm a good cook. I enjoy cooking for other people. I do not find a ton of pleasure in cooking for myself. Yeah, I don't either. So yeah, like during the week I'm usually like what's fast and good. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I've been putting more effort in now because it's like dinner is, I'm like not leaving my house. So it's like I have to, dinner is like the highlight of my day. Better make it
0: good. Yeah. No. And I feel like pouring a glass of wine and cooking something is like a good way to like turn off from the day. Yeah. I wonder,
1: I mean, I do think it is one of the positive aspects of this whole thing is that I do feel like I've become a more proficient cook and I've become more, not confidence, not the right word, but I've just, I don't dread it as much. So I, I hope that that sticks around.
0: Yeah, I
1: feel the same. Let's get into these these topics. So I thought first we could talk about where we find things to cook because I feel like that's one of my biggest projects
0: slash struggles right now. Yeah, I know. I, I agree. Who do you follow food-wise on Instagram? Who are your faves? I don't follow a lot of food accounts. Um, And it's not for any specific reason. It's just like it's not really what I go to Instagram to look at.
1: That's interesting. That kind of surprises me.
0: I have a few. Um, I go to Instagram for like, what do I like on Instagram? I like things that are funny and make me laugh. And I like clothes and beauty products. I don't follow a lot of food people. But I will say... I always find good inspiration from things that Liz Adams is cooking. Like she made this um, skinny chicken tenders recipe that I love. Um, uses the everything but the bagel spice from Trader Joe's, which you can get on Amazon. Um, I do like half baked harvest. Everyone loves her.
1: I don't. Well, I started following her, and I, I'm like not a huge fan of her. But I do think her recipes look good. Um, but I've heard her cookbook is really good.
0: Oh yeah, I don't have that one Me yet. Either I know Kate likes it. Yeah, our friend Kate Childs. Yeah. Um I follow the defined dish. I like her a lot. I obviously follow Allison Roman, who we both love. Um Jeremy from Brunch Boys, he's our friend, but I um I enjoy following him and he oftentimes has good recipes and also just like food inspiration. Like he'll be eating like a really delicious shakshuka, and I'm like I gotta add that to my pl- list of things that I want to make. And the last one is Dennis the Prescott, and Who's he's that. Got- oh, you'll like him. He is a he's a professional chef. I think he has a show, and he is great. He just produces these amazing spreads and like makes me want to have people over and entertain.
1: Wait, I'm looking him up. Oh, great. I'm going to follow him. Okay. Yeah. Done. What about you? Okay. So, I really like how Sweet Eats, and I know that she listens to the podcast too, which always really flatters me. Um, but I feel like her recipes are the right level of easy and delicious, and it's not diety food. Like I feel like there's a whole niche of like skinny type recipes, which right now I have really no interest in. So, yeah. I like that her recipes are not too hard. And taste good. Yeah. She's okay. a, she also cooks a lot on her story. She'll do like a tap through where she's making a recipe. I always find it really helpful to like see somebody make a recipe to understand if I'm like, this is something I want to get myself into or not. Yeah. Anyway, so I really like her. I told you last week about Grossy Pelosi. His name's Dan in real life, but um, he is my favorite follow right now. If I could make him my obsession again this week, I would. He's just this gay guy cooking up a storm in I think he's in Bushwick maybe. And um he's such a delight and um yeah, he's just like always making something really delicious. I also have gotten into a lot of the Bon Appétit people, but I specifically like Molly Baz, Baz, B A Z. I feel like she's like is she the one that made combos? No, that's um that's Claire Saffitz from Gourmet yeah. Makes. Okay. No, Molly is like it feels like on the younger side of the BA people. Okay. Um, she was making, she was doing a lot of stuff with crispy rice two weeks ago, which is like when I started following her and I was really into it. Mm -hmm. Um, she's kind of Alison Romany. That's kind of how, who she reminds me of. I also really like what's Gabby cooking. Do you follow her? Yes.
0: I like Gabby a lot. I go to her blog more
1: though. Oh, you do? I used to follow her and at some point in like an unfollow binge, I must have unfollowed her
0: because I, I don't know maybe what's the That's what I do with much. most food people. I like follow them and then I don't follow them. And I, I don't know. I just don't want my Instagram to be full of food.
1: Well, I refollowed her and I've been really, really liking everything that she's putting out right now. And I, I said it at the beginning when we started talking about the topic, but I'm also just like really intrigued by non-food people. So like what are regular people cooking? Like I yeah. love Meg Donovan has been sharing a ton of her recipes or not her she's recipes, but what she's job. cooking. And I've I've picked up like a couple from there. Like Jess Keys also has been um sharing things that she's made. Like I like seeing people mm-hmm. who are not professionally cooking people who are like, this yeah. thing was delicious and easy. So yeah. I'm like equally yeah, interested right. in the pros and the non-pros. Yeah. Wait, so you said you go to what's Gabby
0: Cooking's blog? Do you read a lot of yeah. food blogs? No. It just I have like a few that I'll look at if there's something I want to make. Like I do that with Smitten Kitchen and what's Gabby cooking? Mm -hmm. Honestly, I look at the New York Times a lot and Bon Appetit a lot. I am not somebody who's like following things for food. Like I just, I think I like to sit down with my cookbooks and like page through them, and then like decide that I'm going to make something. That's so interesting. I'm the opposite. I much prefer to look on the internet for inspiration before I open cookbooks. Oh, funny. Yeah. I like to sit with my cookbooks. I'll like take like three or four. This is what I do. Like I'm like placing my Instacart order. I take my like three or four of my cookbooks down and I go through and I figure out what I want to make that that week or like the next week because it's, we're on such a delay. And then I just make a grocery list and th- those are the things that I cook. Oh, interesting. No, I feel like my cookbooks are like my last line of defense. Well,
1: I, no, that's not true. I feel like cookbooks, if I'm like project cooking, like, if I, I were having people over or if I was, like, making a occasion meal or something, I would yeah. look at my cookbooks. But I feel like my my first stop is always the internet.
0: Um, okay, that's funny.
1: Yeah, I, I also really like Smitten Kitchen. I feel like that's one of the sites that I will just go to and type in, uh, like, the type of thing I want to make. Like, it doesn't even yeah. have to be current. Like, oh, she made this this week. It's like, oh, I want to make chicken thighs and just, like, go to her her site and type it in and see how she's made them. I do that too. I'm also a big, um, not big, um, I'm into Pinterest. I don't want to say I'm a big Pinterest person because that's a blatant lie. But if I need recipe inspiration, I think that just like typing in, if you're like, I want to make shrimp, you're like, shrimp recipes on Pinterest is really good because it's visual. So then you can kind of like filter them out. So I end up on a lot of random blogs from Pinterest that I don't Uh follow or have any interest in following, but that have... Good recipes. I also, um, you said the New York Times, and I love New York Times cooking. Do you get um Sam Sifton's newsletter? Mm -mm. Oh, it's great. So he does a Sunday newsletter called What to Cook this week. He's the editor of the food section at the New York Times, and they've also been doing more frequent ones during quarantine. Like they have one that they've been sending out on Mondays called What to Cook for Lunch this week, and maybe they have one on friday too but they're really good because i feel like it resurfaces some recipes that are more from the archives and he also yeah. does a good job taking into account like the season or like the mood so yeah. i really like that and i'll i'll often click through and find inspiration from that
0: so we are going to take a quick little ad break to tell you about a book that we are both really really excited to read So it's called The Last Guest House by Megan Miranda. It's a New York Times bestseller, a Reese Witherspoon book club pick, and now it's available in paperback. Yes, I can't wait to read this one.
1: So I know Grace is more of a thriller person here, but this sounds just like the
0: perfect escapist read during social distancing. So if you don't know Megan Miranda, you absolutely should. She is the master of the twist. And her thrillers have sold over a million copies in the U.S. And I really love that her novels always highlight the complexities of female friendships. On top of that, this one is set in a coastal vacation spot in Maine with class dynamics between the year-round residents and the summer visitors. Um, I definitely identify with this because I grew up in Cape Cod with a lot of those similar um, dynamics, and so I like. I just am so excited for this. Sadie is a wealthy young summer resident, and she dies under suspicious circumstances. Police ended end up ruling it out as a suicide, but her best friend Avery. Now Avery is a local. Um, so Avery's a local, and Sadie is one of is like this rich. Young summer resident. So Avery is just beside herself with grief and suspicion, and she sets out to solve the mystery herself and clear Sadie's name from suicide. So Megan is also the author of All the Missing Girls, The Perfect Stranger, and
1: Coming Soon in June, The Girl from Widow Hills. And Reese Witherspoon called The Last House Guest the ultimate thriller in her book club selection. And it's getting even more Hollywood attention as the novel was recently
0: optioned by Elle and Dakota Fanning. I cannot wait to read this one. It's right up my alley. So if you love novels from Paula Hawkins, Ruth Ware, or Jessica Knoll, you should definitely check out Megan Miranda.
1: Okay, so the ebook is available for one ninety nine on Amazon Kindle, Apple Books, or barnesandnoble.com. Or you can also buy a physical copy from independent booksellers through bookshop.org. And we'll put a link in our bio that has a link to the ebook options. Yeah. Hope you're as excited
0: about this book as we are. Yeah. I can't wait to read it. Sweet. What are your favorite cookbooks? So, my favorite cookbooks, if I had to like pick my top four, it would be Alison Roman, Nothing Fancy, Alison Roman, Dining In. Gwyneth Paltrow, It's All Good, and Gwyneth Paltrow, It's All Easy. Mm-hmm. I I know Gwyneth's a little controversial, but I really like her cookbooks because they just – they're easy and they're healthy. Well, her and first cookbook, It's All
1: Good, I believe,
0: that she did with Julia Tertian, who I also love. Oh, that makes so much sense. You're right. I, I love that cookbook. Um, I also like the Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat cookbook that Molly Chen encouraged us to get. So I got Um, that and I
1: do feel like I learned a ton about cooking technique from reading it, but I've actually never cooked any of the recipes from it. So I feel like I need to go back through and do what you do and like earmark some things in it. The only thing I can remember from it is like a focaccia that everyone talks about.
0: If you want like a good weekend activity, get those little Amazon, those little um, sticky tabs from Amazon and I just like to go through my favorite cookbooks and put sticky notes on them so that I can remember them later. No, I'm a big dog earer. Oh, okay. I don't like to do that with my with my cookbooks. To each their own. Yeah. So I those are my favorites. Then I really like Chrissy Teigen Cravings. Oh, it's actually really good. I was skeptical about it. Yeah, it's great. And it's also um, really
1: good for party foods. Like, obviously not right now, but if you ever need to go and bring something to somebody's house,
0: there's a lot of good, like snacky party foods. I love the Oshi Glows cookbook, which is vegan, but I really like a lot of her soups. And she kind of taught me, I've talked about this so many times about the value in combining soaked cashews and vegetable broth to make like a really good alternative to cream for those creamier soups. Um, I have a cookbook called Salad for President, which I really like, and it's what it sounds like. It's also just like beautiful to look at. Um, I like Cook Beautiful by Athena Calderon. And then this is not very nice of me, but we have like a little family cookbook that my sister made us all. She printed it all out and then had it bound at Staples. That's so and cute. It, it just has good recipes and I try and if I make something from it, I put the recipe on my blog. But um we have like a lot of good family recipes and they're really comforting to make right now, so I just wanted to shout that one out. Oh, I'm definitely doing a lot of comfort cooking. That's so cute. Yeah.
1: I feel like I'm in the market for more cookbook recommendations. So I agree with you. I really like both of Alison Roman's. I like Gwyneth Paltrow's first two. It's all good and it's all easy. I feel like then they kind of got too healthy. The third one healthy. wasn't very
0: good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, w- it was like, uh, I'm not going to take this much effort to make a salad. Yeah. Um, I want to get more into salt, fat, acid, heat. Um, I pulled down this cookbook that I bought years ago, actually. So my friend Cassie is actually a a professional chef. She's like a private chef. And yeah. I don't know, at some point I'd asked her or Instagram, I don't remember, what their fa- favorite cookbooks were. And she said this was by far her favorite one. So I bought, it's called The Food Lab by J. Kenji Alt, who also does Serious Eats. And it's huge, Grace. It's like it's like the Bible. Like It is so fat. And I've always kind of been intimidated by it, but I was like, well, now is the perfect time. So I pulled it off my shelf last Saturday and I sat down with it. I will say that I read 100 pages and I didn't get to a single recipe because it was just like so much context and supplies and stuff. But I feel like I'm going to like make that a weekend activity to like go in and read a chapter every weekend and like find some stuff. So I love that. I'm into that. But I do feel like I need some more cookbooks. I was thinking about the half-baked harvest one. I did just get an air fryer, so maybe I need an air fryer cookbook. I don't know. Sweet, so can we talk about grocery shopping? Yes. So you said last week that you aren't, you haven't gone to the grocery store. Can you tell people what your system is? How have, I guess how have you been shopping now, and how do you shop on in normal times?
0: So usually I'm like pretty impromptu. I just place orders on FoodKick or I go to Whole Foods or I. I haven't done this in a while, but I would really enjoy going to the farmer's market to get, like, really great fresh produce and cheeses. What farmer's Um, market do you go to? The one in Union Square. Okay. Or um, there was one in Williamsburg that I went to a while ago. To be honest, I don't know if it's still a thing, so I'm not going to suggest that. Um, But – I like being able to see and touch my produce. So I don't like to order that as much on Food Kicks. I will if I'm in a pinch, but it's not my favorite. Um, but now what I've been doing is ordering it on Instacart. So Food Kick, it's like impossible to get a window. Fresh Direct is the same thing. Foodkick seems to be better, but you have to but usually it's not for like two weeks. Um so I might have said sorry, I might have said the wrong thing. Instacart is what I, I've been using. Okay. And um, yeah, I just placed my order and it doesn't all, they don't always have everything, but I just kind of do the best I can. I also got, um, there's a, a company called Norwich Farms and I got some CSA stuff from them and I'll probably do that again. So it was great. I got watermelon radishes and Swiss chard and, um, homemade pretzels and this amazing feta cheese and this lavender chevre. Like, lots of really good, like, kind of fancy things. So that was fun. But it was expensive. So Mm -hmm. I don't think – I don't know that I want to do that all the time.
1: Okay. Yeah. I I feel like this has been an adjustment to figure out grocery shopping. Yeah. So normally I – Always go to Whole Foods. And I feel like anyone who doesn't live in New York is probably rolling their eyes because Whole Foods is like whole paycheck. I feel like everyone else makes fun of it. But the thing about living in New York is that there aren't any chain grocery stores. Like the major chains, there's local chains like D'Agostino and like, I don't know, like Gristini's and all that stuff. But there's – town. Yeah, but there's not like Safeway or Shaw's or like, you know, the other big grocery chains. Yeah. And the little chains are just as expensive as the big ones. And then, well, we don't live near a Trader Joe's, but when I lived in the city, I was near a Trader Joe's. And I'm not kidding you when I tell you that a normal day, the line starts the minute you walk in the door and then wraps around the whole store. So, yeah, I like, I usually shop at Whole Foods because they, I like their produce and their meat. And then it's not actually that much more expensive in New York when you compare it to the, other grocers. yeah. But, but anyway, during this, I haven't been going to Whole Foods because um, it, good on them. They've been doing like a really tight crowd control situation. So there's always a huge line to get into Whole Foods and I'm not really into it. So instead, I've been going to Foodtown, which is like the crappy other grocery store that normally I would like stick my nose up at. But yeah. they, they have everything. And I don't know. I guess like the people of Williamsburg are too good for it because I went the other morning and there was nobody there. It was fully stocked. It was great. Like, yes, I would prefer whole foods, meat and produce, but I don't know. It's been it's been fine. But I'm I'm not a grocery delivery person because I feel like exactly what you said that pisses me off so much when you place an order and then it's missing one thing. I feel like it's always the most important thing where you're like, yeah, oh, I'm going to make meatballs. And then you like get your order and you're like, they were out of ground beef. So now I just have a bunch of other stuff and like not the crucial ingredient.
0: Yeah, I know. Me too.
1: So that's, I'm like, I do it sometimes.
0: I order groceries
1: not during this, but like during normal times. But I feel like I always end up needing to supplement and go to the store to get something because they either send the wrong thing or I don't know. Yeah. Let's take another quick break, Grace. And I want to tell people about a podcast that I think that they might love. So it's called Hot and Bothered. And Hot and Bothered is a podcast all about romance novels, and they just released a new mini-series called Twilight in Quarantine.
0: Yeah, so the hosts, Vanessa and Julie, will be rereading the Twilight books one chapter at a time, three days a week, while we're all sheltering in place. So this is the kind of content that we all need right now. Rereading Twilight is actually such a good idea right now. Like, it's the kind of
1: light, addictive fluff that I need to keep me distracted and totally suck me in.
0: Like, that is not a bad idea. Yes. And my favorite part is that as they read, they give advice to the characters of the Twilight novels. Like, that that girl needs some advice. <laughs> so some of their advice is like, maybe the Cullen should stop
1: going to high school and instead do something productive with their eternal lives, like clean all the plastic out of the ocean.
0: Or maybe Bella's dad should stop driving his cop car during personal hours.
1: Maybe. This is such a fun idea. So if you need a little silliness while you're in quarantine, or if you're looking for another podcast where the hosts have great best friend vibes, you should definitely check out Twilight and Quarantine. You can find it by searching Hot and Bothered wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Yeah, so being isolated sucks, but at least we can do it together with sparkly vampires brightening our days. That's the bright spot, the vampires. Yeah. So what are your pantry staples? Okay. So I feel like the
1: things I always have on hand. So I always have pasta. I usually – I really like elbows for some reason. There's something nostalgic about them. I usually have elbows and then I usually have – I usually get thin spaghetti. So it's somewhere between angel hair and regular spaghetti. I feel like I always have rice. I have like jasmine rice and I always have risotto. I make very good risotto. I don't make it often, but I feel like I always – because it comes in a big jar. So I feel like I always have risotto rice. I always have cannellini beans. I am a bean snob and I do not like other types of beans. So that's the only kind of beans that I like usually, unless it's chili. Um, Like tomato paste and diced tomatoes. I feel like I always have peanut butter. I really like the Justin's honey peanut butter. I don't eat a ton of peanut butter. So I'm like, it's treat peanut butter. Um, I feel like I always have chicken stock, pasta sauce, um, chocolate chips. I always have on hand. Not that I'm baking, but just to
0: eat. I love eating chocolate chips.
1: I feel like it's a weird thing. I, I almost always have matzo meal because I really like making matzo ball soup in good times and bad times. So I've made it twice during quarantine, but I feel like I always have matzo meal. And then on the snack side, I'm not a big snacker usually. Yeah, I feel either. like I've been snacking more than usual, but I'm not a big snacker. And I feel like if I am going to snack, the things that I have are usually – I have goldfish, Parmesan goldfish if I can find them. And then um, I'm also really into Skinny Pop. Not because it's skinny, but just because I like it.
0: Yeah. Skinny Pop is great.
1: I like that it comes in the, the single serving bags because I feel like if I get a big bag of popcorn, it goes stale before I finish it. So mm-hmm. I like that it has like single serving bags. Yeah. What are yours? What's always – I'm actually curious because I feel like it's like kind of like seeing into somebody's –
0: underwear drawer what's always in your pantry so i always have there's this whole foods chicken and rice soup that i love i always have a few cans of that oh like is it your stupid low salt soup yeah i love it ew it's so good um it's my favorite it has like low salt growing up my mom didn't put a lot of salt in the soups that we had and i remember going to friends houses and thinking that like i didn't i just didn't like salty soups and i still don't Um, I always have canned tomatoes and tomato paste similar to you, but making that tomato soup I love so much um, uses those too. always have vegetable stock and chicken broth. I always have panko breadcrumbs because they're great for making like chicken fingers. You can put them in meatballs, stuff like that. the two spices I use most are the Trader Joe's Everything but the Bagel spice, and also I put red pe- pepper flakes on everything. That surprises me because you don't have a very high heat tolerance. I don't, but I like a little bit of a little bit of red pepper flakes, okay. like on avocado toast or like I love family. red pepper flakes. I would say I go through a thing of red pepper flakes every month. I Allison Roman uses them a lot too, so I've been using them a lot in my recipes from her. Okay. I always have chickpeas. I've started always having coconut milk because I love the Alice and Roman stew so much. Um, I always have farfalle pasta. Those are the ones that look like little bow ties. I like that everyone has like a weird pasta shape preference. Like obviously they
1: all taste the same, but I'm like, no i I would never buy farfalle. I would never buy elbows. I know elbows is a weird choice, but like. I there are certain pasta shapes that I like and don't like, and I cannot explain it. Like I'm like, oh, I like orate, but I don't like farfalle, and it's like that's an illogical choice.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know it's funny. Um, it was a pasta sauce, olive oil, pink salt. I love. Um, I always have nuts, um, almonds and cashews, mostly just to make like those milks to like make the the base for soup. I make a lot of soups, and I always have goldfish because. They're my favorite snack. I don't, I also don't snack a lot, but um, sometimes I just want like a handful of of crackers. Is it weird? I'm
1: so into this. I feel like this is like, do you remember when we did that episode about morning routines and it's such a mundane thing, but I'm like, oh wow, like you make very different choices than I do. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of voyeuristic. I'm like, oh, okay. What about
0: perishables?
1: Um, Okay. So I feel like every, like what are the things I get every time I shop? Like not just like. Yeah. Okay. So some kind of salad green. I'm partial to spinach or kale. Um, I used to be the kind of person that always ended up throwing out a half used bag of spinach, like inevitably, which I'm, is not. It's kind of wasteful. But since quarantine, I've been like finishing my spinach which I'm proud of. Um, I feel like I always have um, dinosaur kale or broccoli for like roasting or Mm -hmm. eating as a side. I always have cucumber. I usually have avocados. I don't always eat the avocados. I always feel like at the store that I want them, but then I like they go bad. I feel like I always have Parmesan cheese. Um... My trash person coffee creamer, so I I love Coffee Mate, and I used to really beat myself up about it because I feel like it's very chemically and it's probably not not good for you in the way that it's that it's caloric, but bad for you in that it's like literally just chemicals. Um, but I've decided in the past year to stop feeling bad about that, not because of quarantine, just in general. And so I really like the cafe mocha flavor, but I always have Coffee Mate in my house, and that's one of the things that I like feel very anxious about running out of during quarantine. So I have like a ton because it's also super fucking shelf stable so or not shelf stable but it's like it it lasts longer than regular milk so yeah always have my trash person coffee creamer some a a listener who is so nice um brought me nut pods in boston to our live show because she was like i know you like coffee creamer but you want it to be more natural and um i'm allergic to cashews and coconut so i can't have most nut milk things so i'm just gonna keep you in a trash person um Eggs, I also feel like I'm going through way more eggs than usual. Yeah, same. I don't feel like I usually finish the egg carton before they expire, but now I like can't get enough eggs. And then you know, some kind of protein, like I feel like my common ones are like I really like chicken thighs, shrimp. I cook a lot of things with sausage randomly, um, or like I'll get skirt steak to like pan
0: cook. What about yeah.
1: you? What are your What are your common
0: perishables? So I always have spinach and arugula um, for both making salads. I like to put a little bit of both into a salad, but I also put spinach in like morning smoothies and stuff. I like arugula. Uh, I never buy it at home, but I always like it when a salad out has arugula in it. Yeah. Um, Broccoli. I'm a big fan of Gwyneth Paltrow's broccoli broccoli arugula soup. It's delicious. Um, Tomatoes, eggs. I eat a lot of English muffins. Like sometimes. Oh yeah, you do. Yeah. Sometimes I'll melt cheddar cheese on them and put franks on it. And that's like my favorite. Yeah. That's my like favorite hangover snack or just like comfort food. Um, Lemons. I put lemons in lots of things. And I also like to make lemon water um, cucumbers, Parmesan cheese, cheddar cheese, and like my other snack besides goldfish is string cheese.
1: I like that you have stocked you, you. I asked you to make this list, and you put down ten things, and three three of them are cheese. Yeah, I like that you have a brand.
0: Mm-hmm. I love cheese. Good. I I don't buy a lot of proteins. If I'm getting, if I'm eating meat, usually I'll get it takeout, or sometimes I'll cook chicken fingers. Like I'll make the Liz Adams ones or meatballs and stuff. But I don't cook a lot of meat. Oh, interesting. I'm one of those people
1: that I feel like I haven't had a meal unless I have either like meat or a starchy carb Huh. like for dinner I mean yeah like yeah I couldn't just eat a salad with no meat in it and feel satisfied even if it had like cheese or like nuts or something in it huh yeah I feel like I'm like A Midwestern man in that way. (laughs) Need your meat and
0: potatoes.
1: (laughs) Not specifically like steak and potatoes, but yeah. 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 Um, I don't know if you did this, but I put this on here because I made some fucking weird decisions with the beginning of quarantine with what I was going to get for the freezer. Yeah. And I feel like part of this was because I went to the store in person and they were out of a lot of stuff. So the things that I thought I would get, they didn't have. So then I just made strange choices. And I think also just like the panic of needing to... feed myself and stay indoors. I was like, "Oh god. Chris, I made some weird decisions." Okay, I bought tater tots because tater tots are kind of a comfort food to me. I love tater tots. So I felt that wasn't that rogue of a decision. Yeah. Bagel Bites was a was a rogue decision. So they were out of other types of frozen pizza, but they had Bagel Bites and I was like, "Guess I'm going to have Bagel Bites." <laughs> Want to know how many Bagel Bites I've had since quarantine? None. How many? None. Okay. It, like I think that will sit in my freezer forever. I don't know. I, brought a, I bought a lot of frozen fruit and vegetables. Again, I haven't used any of them because I would always rather fresh. Like I think I was preparing for a scenario where it was like, I, I don't know, I was like gonna get scurvy and had no access to a grocery store. So I bought so much frozen fruit and vegetables that I've never eaten. Oh, this week. This wasn't even at the beginning. So this week I bought toaster strudel at the store. Did you have toaster strudels when you were a kid? No, of course you didn't. No. Denise would not allow that. Mm -mm. So I remember, I feel like toaster strudel had a very great advertising campaign when I was a kid. Like I feel like it was like a very popularized food. I was only allowed to have them on like the first day of school or my birthday, like celebratory type times. I guess the first day of school and my birthday are the same time. So like the last day of school, maybe. OK. I don't know. But I feel like I was only allowed to have them at certain times. So I bought them because I saw them at the grocery store. And I was like, if not now, when? Grace. So I had a toaster ristretto. It was good. It was good. The pastry part was good. The filling was like very processed. But I put this whole thing on my story as I was eating them and my thoughts and whatever. I, would, I will say this is the thing that I have gotten... The single thing that I've gotten the most DMs about ever. Hundreds of DMs. Hundreds of people who have very strong and contradictory flavor choices about toaster strudel. Also, a lot of us are eating toaster strudel as adults, and I didn't know we were doing that. It sounds so disgusting. I'm sorry. (laughs) I just, ugh. Grace, I'm going to save one for you. I don't want it. Grace, you're not too good for toaster strudel. I
0: I think I actually might be. You're
1: not. You're not. The pastry part is really, really good. I think I got
0: the wrong filling. I don't like sweet pastry. Pastries in general, and Ugh. I, I don't, I don't get it. You're I'm sorry. wrong. Ugh. You can. Well, I'm glad you have people in your DMs to talk
1: to. <laughs> Hundreds <laughs> of them. Hundreds of them who have very strong thoughts about toaster turtles. Oh um, I also bought a ton of meat, and that I think like was a good decision because I yeah. found it hard to find the specific types of meat I want. So I feel like having a freezer stash has been good. And then I've also been freezing half portions of whatever I cook. So I feel like I have way more like frozen Tupperware meals than usual.
0: Yeah. I don't know. What's in your freezer? Like vodka and tequila. (laughs) (laughs) No, I have a few things in my freezer. I have English muffins because I'm always paranoid that I'm going to run out of them. And I have like lots of frozen fruits and vegetables. Um, And I have some ice cream. I don't. I just grew up like we weren't allowed to eat frozen foods and stuff. And so I just don't generally eat them. I would if I was at the grocery store like you and like was panic buying things, I probably would have bought Hot Pockets because those are like. Hot Pockets.
1: So you're mm -hmm. not too good for. So you're too good for toaster strudels, and you're not too good for Hot Pockets.
0: Yeah. Like a like the like a chicken and cheese Hot Pocket. That sounds great. I I don't like sweets and I don't like sweet pastries. Ugh! interesting. The only sweets I really like are ice cream and sometimes cookies and high chew. Interesting. And and like sour gummy candy. Well, I feel like less of a trash person now that you have. I threw that in there because I'm not trying to be an elitist here. I just don't. I think toaster pastries sound like the grossest thing I've ever, ever. I I really want to change your mind. I don't like sweet pastries. This is something like, like if we were in France and like there was like an apple croissant at like an amazing bakery, I wouldn't want it. Hmm. so this is not something you'll change my mind on. Okay. okay. Yeah. What
1: about sauces and condiments? This is something I feel very strongly about.
0: Um. So I always have tamari, which is kind of like a soy sauce, but it's gluten-free. Um, I always have Ken's Italian because it's my favorite salad dressing. Can we just take a quick break to tell a story? Sure. So we did our
1: live show in Washington, D.C., and Grace – Usually is very drained after our live shows. So she like crashes and I'm very wired. So I'm like the most annoying. And I'm like, let's go. Let's do something let's hang out. And I'm like, no, I need to not see people for two days.
0: (laughs) It's really funny.
1: So we're like an odd couple in that way. So um, at this show, two of my really good friends from college had come to the show and they offered to drive us back to the hotel, which was so nice of them. So we were like catching, I was catching up with them and, you know, Grace was kind of like napping in the backseat. Like she was like very much like a shell of a person. And um, my friend, her family owns Ken's salad dressing. And um somehow it came up in in conversation like I was asking her about her parents or you know like we were having a conversation and it just came up and I have never seen Grace perk up so fast. She went from being like asleep in the back seat to being like Ken's Italian dressing? She was like giving this girl like her friend's grandfather is Ken. Well, he's It's wild. Past. So he's, he, he's
0: was, passed, but he, he was he was Ken. Ken. Um,
1: and she basically Grace was like reciting a love poem about like how much she loved Ken's Italian dressing. (laughs) Yeah, it was such like a you have such a passion for it. It was so funny. I do. I love it. You buy it in six packs on Amazon. Three packs because that's all you can
0: get. Um, I don't use it that often. It's not like something I have a lot of like if usually I make salad dressing. So I'll use like shallots and olive oil and mustard and ginger, like some sort of combination of those. But I just have like such a soft spot in my heart for Ken's Italian. I love how much you love it. The only thing I love more than Ken's Italian is Frank's Red Hot. I put Frank's in my eggs, on my salad, on my chicken. I could, I put Frank's in everything. I just love it. Interesting. Um, other condiments, like I like blue cheese dressing, usually from Ken's, mustard, um, th- th- Those are my my things. I put
1: this on here because I wanted to talk about hot sauces because I fancy myself somewhat of a hot sauce connoisseur. Um, Basically, okay. my heat tolerance is like I would eat fire if there was a medium in which I could do that. <laughs> if they made it into a sauce, I would put it on food. That's so-, so funny. I feel like I've bought, I bought a couple new hot sauces during quarantine because I feel somewhat bored with like eggs and simple foods. So I got chili crisp, which everyone is so obsessed with and I don't think I like. It's like kind of chili in oil and then it has like crunchies in it. I don't really like it. Oof. I got sambal olek which is, I think it's Malaysian hot sauce. That I really like. I've had it before at like, I've never been to a Malaysian restaurant, but I think I've had it at like Thai places, but I never knew what it was called. So I'm very into that. I got hot honey, which I don't know what to put hot honey on, but it's delicious. Oh, Mike's
0: hot honey? Yeah. You should put it on pizza. I don't have any pizza. Put on your bagel bites. I don't want bagel bites. Just saying. Mike's hot honey is delicious on pizza. Like pizza with sausage and Mike's hot honey Ooh. is an epic combo. Maybe I'll order pizza tonight to just to do that. That actually yeah. sounds really good. Yeah.
1: I always have Frank's buffalo sauce, so like to make I make a lot of buffalo chicken salad. so but I don't like Frank's hot sauce in terms of like like to put a little bit it's, on
0: something. It's not spicy. It's just
1: delicious. Well, so I really like the pepper plant hot sauce, which is like this garlicky, chunky hot sauce that I'm describing it in a way that sounds disgusting. But it's really good. And it, you would actually like it because it's not that spicy. But it has like hot taste. I really like that. It's, I don't know why they don't sell it here. They sell it in every grocery store in California. So when I lived in California, I used to buy it. But now I have to like buy it on Amazon. I feel like my version of your Frank's is I like Tapatio. Okay. That's my hot sauce of choice. Um, I always have Ken's Ranch. I specifically like Ken's Ranch. I always have mayo and we know how you feel about mayo. Mayo is the most disgusting food besides hard boiled eggs. And then I feel like I have like nine zillion kinds of mustard. I don't know. I think like every time I go to the store, I just buy a mustard and forget that I have some. So I feel like I have every variety of mustard.
0: That's so funny. I don't know.
1: Wait. What's the best thing you've made during quarantine?
0: Um, There's a lot of things. I think it's a tie between Allison Roman's um, sour cream flatbread, which is Oh, that looks so good. And the other thing would be my grandmother's meatballs. So if you guys want it, I put the recipe on my blog. The photo that I took of them is not appetizing, but it's so good. And my favorite way to eat it is just over um, pasta. It's so simple, but it's just so comforting. Sometimes ugly food is good too. Yeah, and you can snack on them too. Like I'll just take the meatballs and like dip them in Frank's and like have a little snack. Ooh, yum!
1: What yeah. about you? Okay, so I made it's from nothing fancy. I made Alison Roman's buttered salmon with red onion and dill. Oh my god, Grace, you should actually bookmark this because you would love it. it sounds delightful. It's kind of like eating a lox bagel, but in yeah. dinner form. It sounds it's great. So good. I do cook. I do cook
0: fish a lot at home. I don't.
1: Yeah. There's actually, it's not healthy whatsoever. There's like so much butter in it. So it's like more of a treat fish. That doesn't sound right. It's more of like a decadent meal than like a healthy fish light meal. So it is heavier, but oh my God, it was so good. Okay. It's actually probably one of the best things I've ever made. It's definitely going to go into the rotation. And it was really easy. Like, I feel like it would be a good dinner party food. Yeah. Because it wasn't very like, intensive to cook. Yeah. Have you made anything weird? I haven't. Oh. Have you? Um, Yeah, I've been cooking a lot of weird things. I've been on this like nostalgic cooking binge where I'm cooking a lot of things that either remind me of a certain time in my life or remind me of my childhood. So like I made tortilla española, which is not my weird thing, but like because I studied abroad in Spain, like just things that have like a memory to them. Mm-hmm. So I remember having this thing when I was a kid, called panacoto, not panacota, which is like dessert, and it's like kind of a cross between stuffing and escarole and beans, and it like it translates to cook, cooked bread. Mm. So I remember this very strongly from childhood, and I grew up outside of New Haven, and it was something that like you would have in an Italian restaurant as an appetizer. Come to find out, this does not exist. Like this is not a real food. I mean, it is a real food, but it's like outside of Sicily and the New Haven area, it like isn't a thing. Huh. So I found a bunch of recipes that were in Italian, which I obviously didn't know what they said, so I didn't make those. But I found this recipe from the New Haven Register, and it was like a write-in column where some woman had written in asking for the recipe from like a local restaurant, and they printed it. It was like it's fr- it was from like 2009 or something. Like it was so janky. I never heard of this restaurant, but I made it. It was so good.
0: Oh, that's awesome! It
1: was like really successful, even though it was like not a thing that the internet has adopted. Yeah, I might, I think I might
0: put it into my rotation. It was good. I don't know. What about? Have you had a cooking fail during quarantine? I don't know if it's a fail, but I made the Alice and Roman shallot pasta, and um, I didn't have any bow ties at the time, so I used this other pasta that I it had been come in like a press mailer, and Every single person on Instagram felt the need to comment and tell me that it looks like cockroaches. Oh, I thought that like, thank you for ruining my dinner. I thought the shallot pasta was supposed to be with like spaghetti. It can be with anything like any kind of pasta. It's really just a sauce. And then you put whatever pasta you want in it. Okay. She did it with spaghetti. Um, Okay. But it wasn't good. It was delicious. It was just the the DMs were a little rough. Yeah. Yeah. My cooking fail. So. I saw
1: Grossi Pelosi, who is my like food god right now. He made a cheesesteak and I was like, that looks amazing. And I had all the ingredients and I was like, I'm gonna make a cheesesteak. It's not yeah. something I ever would cook. Like I was like, I don't know why I want this, but I just saw it and I was like, that looks amazing. And I the only thing I didn't have was I didn't have bread. So like I went out, I found a baguette. I was like, I'm gonna make a cheesesteak. It's gonna be the best thing. I like texted all of my friends that I was making a cheesesteak. Like I was very excited about
0: this. I made it. It was bad. Oh, that's such a bummer. It was like, it was just disappointing. I a think cheesesteak feels like combos to me. Like it's something you just shouldn't
1: try and, and make. Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, I think it's just like a not an at home food. I made like yeah. a more of a gourmet cheesesteak. Like it was like sliced steak with yeah. peppers and onions, but no, it was bad. Mm, that's sad. It looks so good from the picture. All right, Grace. So what are five go to recipes that you feel like are the your number ones in your arsenal, if somebody is like feeling uninspired about cooking,
0: yeah. So you know, I love soups. So I would say the goop broccoli and arugula soup or the oshi glows vegan cream of tomato soup. it tastes it literally tastes like the most decadent tomato soup you'll ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Allison Roman's Salmon with citrusy shallots. that Ooh, one, which is I- like that's a healthier one. That's a nothing fancy. that's a nothing fancy, okay. And then, um, I would say my grandmother's meatball recipe. Again, that recipe is on my blog, but they're just so good and so comforting. And then lastly, this one takes a little longer to make, but it's Chrissy Teigen's vegetable lasagna. It's in the cravings cookbook and it's kind of a lot of work because you have to make the, um, the zucchini pasta and you make like a whole bolognese sauce, but it's so, so good. Oh wait. Um, So it's, um, it's zucchini instead of pasta yeah, oh, so it's all vegetables. It's all vegetables. Oh, interesting. With, but there's a really good meat sauce. so it's vegetables and meat. So it's oh, like okay. I guess it's like low carb. I don't yeah. I, I wouldn't say this is a healthy dish. Like there's tons of cheese and meat in it, but it's delightful. okay.
1: interesting. yeah. How about you? Okay. so I feel like um the Julia Tertian Turkey ricotta meatballs. So I just switched this. I used to use a different turkey meatball recipe, and I switched this one because I like it better. So Mm -hmm. I think those are really good. You can Google it, and it's on Cup of Joe. Um, The How Sweet Eats Sheet Pan Gnocchi is something that I made recently for the first time, and it is so good and so easy. It took literally three minutes and was delicious. The one thing I will say about that recipe is that it did not reheat as well as it was when I first made it, so I would make it for how much you want to eat not to have leftovers. Okay. I also am a huge fan of the New York Times salmon fried rice. And you just use, well, I guess you could freshly cook it, but you can use leftover salmon. And then it has broccolini in it and um, asparagus. And it's like a very y fried rice, but it's different than a lot of fried rice because it's just salmon. Very good. Um, this recipe has been like one of my favorites for a long time. It's chicken thighs and dirty rice from... It's from this blog called Julia's Album. I found it on Pinterest like years ago and I've made it so many times. I made it for you and you really liked it, but the rice was too spicy for you. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but that was because you can make it with less spice. And then, oh, another one of my favorites, and I haven't made this during quarantine, but I should, is um the Pioneer Woman's chicken tortilla soup. Ooh. I love tortilla soup. I love soup in general. I love soup. So those would be my recommendations if you're feeling uninspired.
0: Cool. What about breakfast and lunch?
1: Um, I've been – I struggle with breakfast in and out of quarantine. Like I'm just not a morning person and I I never know what to make. Like I don't – I don't know. Like I don't usually just want eggs. You know what I made recently that has been – you're going to hate but was really good is I, I've made egg salad a couple of times and I'll put it on half an English muffin for breakfast and it's – been a
0: really good breakfast. Grace is shaking oh. her head like she's like disgusted. Egg salad makes me want to vomit. Okay. Like hard boiled eggs and mayonnaise in one dish. Well, I've
1: been enjoying it. I won't. I have not been very successful with breakfast recently. And for lunch, I am very um, loyal to buffalo chicken salads that I home make. Yes. I feel like that's a big lunch for me. I also make a lot of rice bowl things. Like I'll make like shrimp rice bowls or Mm -hmm. chicken rice bowls or, you know, anything, any protein with some rice in a bowl and vegetables. Yeah. The thing that I've been doing though recently is that, so I said that I've been freezing half portions of a lot of recipes because Mm -hmm. I feel like if you're single, you live by yourself, a recipe is usually like four to six servings. And -hmm. sometimes you can't cut it in half. Like it just doesn't work. So I feel like I will freeze half of it. And I've been doing this more since we've been quarantining because I'm like, oh, it'll save me from having to put in effort. But then I don't want it again. Mm. So (laughs) I've been freezing them, but now I'm forcing myself to eat frozen leftovers for lunch. Well, I mean, they're not frozen. They were frozen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't love leftovers. I don't know. Yeah, no. What about you? Uh, What's your breakfast, lunch, Sitch? don't eat until noon. I usually have like a coffee or two in the morning. Is it, it, is it intentional? Like, are you intermittent fasting? It is, but it isn't. I, if I'm really hungry in the morning, I'll eat something, but it cuts down on dishes. And then I just have like a breakfast, a big breakfast lunch and then dinner later. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll have a snack in the middle of the day. Maybe I'll have like a green, a juice in the morning, but, um, it's just what I do so I usually have like a big I have like a breakfasty lunch situation so I'll usually take an English muffin and then I'll make some kind of egg scramble so I'll do like spinach and cheese or today I was just feeling like eating something really comforting so I took an English muffin and scrambled two eggs and added some cheddar cheese and some Frank's red hot sauce to it. I remember from last week you told us in Fuck Mary Kill that you would marry breakfast. I like I love breakfast foods, but I also – I don't really want – I just don't have the motivation to cook myself things three times a day. I just yeah. can't – I can't do it. And Same. I'm not usually that hungry in the morning, so it's usually just coffee and then I'll have – and I'm sure that my meals are big enough to be enough calories, but I just don't want to cook three times a day.
1: Yeah. Have you been baking at all? I feel like Instagram is like baking porn right now. Like everyone is just like baking up a storm.
0: Yeah. So I like the Allison Roman tiny chocolate – tiny salty chocolate cookies. And oh, those her are so good. Cake. I want to make my mom's chocolate upside down cake. I think I have a recipe for it on my blog, but Ooh, it's so good. Yeah. How about you? Not
1: really. I mean, I made peanut butter cookies uh, a couple weeks ago and I did. This is just like my ode to grossy Pelosi. Um, I took the dough and i made it into balls and i put it in the freezer and left it there for like half an hour and then i then took the dough balls and put them in a bag in the freezer so i can have like one off on demand cookies so i made cookies once but then i've been like eating them on and off when i have a sweet craving like i had one last night i'm kind yeah. of thinking about making blueberry muffins at some point cuz i have some frozen me. blueberries but i don't know no i'm not like i don't feel like ca- caught up in this baking rage that everyone else is in yeah i feel like everyone last weekend made cinnamon rolls like literally everyone
0: i saw that i was like i don't need that i don't know what i want it what about takeout have you been doing takeout yeah so my favorites are probably 12 chairs which is this great um i don't know if it's israeli it's a middle eastern recipe well it's a middle eastern restaurant down the street from us i love their breakfast shakshuka and i love their greek salads I also like the butcher's daughter a lot. We have one here in Williamsburg that I'll order from every now and then. And then Bozu, which is our favorite sushi. I love their sushi. Same. And on Tuesdays, I do a thing where I let myself have Duncan for breakfast, and I get it delivered.
1: I love that. Not even a stay-at-home or- order can take you from take you away no, from Duncan. I, lo- I love my Duncan. Do you get a breakfast sandwich too, or just coffee?
0: Um, I usually get a wake-up wrap, and I don't like their eggs, so I just get it ham and cheese on a little wake-up wrap, and I have that. Okay. It's delightful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How about you? I feel like my go-tos for – I've been doing very little takeout, although I might order pizza tonight now that we've talked about it, but um, I yeah. feel like my go-tos are – I really like spice for Thai. It's like a chain place, but I, I've tried all the Thai places around us, and I don't think any of them are awesome. So I like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like Thai is one of my big – takeout go-to's. Um, I'll get pizza. So I feel like for pizza, I'll either do Motorino or for like fancier pizza or Two Boots, which
0: you love. I love Two Boots. Just their plain cheese pizza.
1: Yeah. Two Boots for like more like traditional takeouty pizza. And then Bozu is my other good one. I feel like those are my only takeout things. I don't have – I feel like I lived in my old apartment for six and a half years and I had like a wider stable of takeout options than I do here. Yeah. I just haven't tried as many. What about, do you have a quarantine cooking bucket list? Like, is there anything that you're like gearing up to make?
0: Yeah. I'd like to make bread. Um, cause again, I'm just I not keep a sweets. seeing everyone make bread. It looks so good. Yeah. Like I'm not like a sweets person, but the idea of making homemade bread and putting like fresh avocado or like even just like making, taking homemade bread and then putting melted cheese on it. Sounds so good to me. What kind of bread um, are you going to make? Sourdough? I, I think so. Okay. Um, I saw a good recipe that Julia Joffick from Lemon Stripes posted, and it, I think it's in the New York Times. If I'll, if I do make it, I'll link it. But um, if you I do make it, really no, if you do make it, you'll take half and you'll put it in the lobby for Becca. Yes, I will. Um, we, this is how we like get each other things. We put things in the lobby <laughs> or in my mailbox. Um, that, and then I, on your recommendation, I just bought an air fryer. My air fryer I'm, came today. I haven't used it yet. I'm really excited to experiment with making like chicken tenders because I love chicken tenders. Okay. So, this recipe
1: from How Sweet Eats, she has this pretzel crusted chicken fingers oh that God. sounds so good. And it's one of the things that I've like saved and earmarked to make in my air fryer.
0: I don't think she makes it in an air fryer, but I bet you could. I want to make goldfish crusted chicken tenders. You can do that, I bet. Yeah. Just bang them up instead of breadcrumbs, use goldfish. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I feel like I'm. Another thing that I really want to make in quarantine is Bon Appetit recently had a recipe for scallion pancakes, and I love scallion pancakes. I want to make them at some point. Mm. But I think yeah. otherwise, yeah, I'm just going to get like really into air fryer cooking. A lot of people said their favorite thing to make in an, an air fryer is vegetables, which I thought was really interesting. So I'm yeah, I'm intrigued by that. Me too. So I bought Brussels sprouts in anticipation and broccoli when I did my grocery shopping this week. So I have a ton of vegetables that I'm going to air fry. Cool. I'm excited. Grace, probably the most important question of this whole episode. What is the meal that you're going to have when we can go back out to a restaurant?
0: I think steak. I really want to go to Polo Bar and like get my favorite things that I share. They have this amazing salad, um, some steak, their Dover Sole, the hot dog. Just like go to Polo Bar with a few friends and split like all my faves and have like several dirty martinis. Okay. Yeah. What about you?
1: I don't know. It's It's been changing. I So I feel like I want to go somewhere in the neighborhood to like support my local restaurants. Oh, of course. So at first I was like, there's this place around the corner from us that has really good steak salad. So I was like, oh, I want to go get steak salad. But now the longer we've been in quarantine, I'm like, no, a salad is not going to cut it. Yeah. So now I'm like, maybe do we go to Meadow Suite, which is this restaurant in Williamsburg that is like, it's a very low key oh, so place, good. but it has a Michelin star and it's like, Awesome. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, do we go there? Do we go to the new place of the White Hotel? Like, I don't know. But I feel like I also agree with you that I want steak because I feel like restaurant steak is different and better than home steak. Agree. Even though I will sometimes make like a steak salad or cook steak at home. So I agree with you. I want steak. I would also not be opposed to some kind of like french fry situation. I would also like a raw bar situation. Like I would love a shrimp cocktail.
0: Yes. Polar bar has a great shrimp cocktail. Or like um, crab claws. Yes.
1: Oh, Mm -hmm. Honestly, anywhere. Like I would go anywhere out. Like if you were like, you could only go to Dunkin' Donuts. I would be like, great. I just miss restaurants.
0: I know. Me too. I'm hungry. Yeah. Me too.
1: Let's get out of our food talk and let's talk about obsessions and reading. Yeah. So what are you obsessed with right now? Okay. I'm so excited to share this. So, okay. If you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, you might remember that last winter, I was really obsessed with this Israeli show called The Baker and the Beauty. And it's Israeli. It's subtitled. You can watch it on Amazon Prime. It's so good. It's about this guy whose family owns a bakery who goes out one night and ends up meeting this girl who's like a billionaire's daughter and is like a model and they end up falling in love. And so there's a US adaptation of it and it just came out last week. It is great. Grace, so you should watch it. I'm it's, really excited for it. It's um so instead of obviously it's not set in Israel, it's set in Miami and it's like a guy from a Cuban family and he if seems to follow the Israeli one pretty closely, he meets this girl who's an Australian Actress, model, and daughter of a billionaire. Um, Mm -hmm. It's cheesy. It's like kind of telenovela y. Like it's cheesy in a fun way. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is the exact right mood I'm in right now. Okay. It's great. I'm excited. You loved the original one so much. I do love the original one. And I'm, but I'm also excited about the US one. I was really ready to not like it. I thought that it was going to be a bad knockoff and I was like, no, this is gonna be bad. Mostly because I thought the guy who's in the American version is not as hot as the Israeli guy in the original.
0: But yeah. and he's not, but the show is good. What's yours? Um mine's just been I've been rewatching White Collar, which is one of my old favorite shows. I thought of it because my parents were like, what should we watch? And I was like, I think you'd like this show. And so I've been rewatching that. And then my other thing is um my new face. I um Finally got one. I'm doing a partnership with them on Instagram stories. And like, I mean, I would have just done it for the new face because I've wanted one for so long. And you have to do it like four to five times a week to see results. But now is the time. Like, I'm on my couch watching TV every night. So I just do it while I'm watching TV. And I'm, I'm seeing pretty good results so far. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. What about on Instagram? Um, so she's been my obsession before, so this is kind of a cop-out, but it's Carolyn It's and she's spelled C-A-R-A-L-Y-N, and I'm just resurfacing her because her videos during quarantine have been so funny. I just think she's got such a great personality and such a good sense of humor.
1: I also think she's so well-dressed. I followed her the last time that you, um, she was your
0: Instagram obsession, and I, like, adore her. Yeah, she's really well-dressed, and she's really, really pretty. I know. Yeah. What about you? So mine is
1: Melissa Wood Health, which is the exercise app that we're all doing. Mm-hmm. All being me and Grace, and then our friend Jackie. And uh, is Ilana doing it? No. Okay. So a bunch of my friends are doing Melissa Wood Health, and so like part of the workout experience for me is like at SoulCycle. Like I, I always go to the same instructors. I feel like I stock, not stock like Joe Goldberg stock, but like, like I like to go to the same instructor. So now I'm just putting that all onto Melissa. And so, like, I want to know all about her life and, like.
0: Oh, she's amazing. She's a goddess. I love her.
1: Yeah. It's, like, it's kind of um, too aspirational. Like, it's a little Gwynethy, But I'm into it.
0: Oh, I don't think so. I like her. Um, I don't know. But I also love Gwyneth. So (laughs) I'm maybe not the right person to ask. But I'm, like, apparently my
1: exercise has to come with, like, a side of personal obsession. So now I'm, like, really into Melissa. Yeah. I love her. What about books? OK, so I had a good reading week last week. I haven't read anything this week yet. So last week, I finished The Last Magician by Lisa Maxwell, which was the book that's the first book in a series that I started. And mm-hmm. it's like time-travel-y, magic-y. I liked it. It was it was three and a half, four stars, which is honestly like I'm a tough critic right now because I feel like quarantine has made me – it made it hard for me to read. I thought it was yeah. good. I do not feel compelled to read the second book in the series. So. Okay. It was good. All right. So then over the weekend, I read Big Summer by Jennifer Weiner. Best book. Which you had read before. And Grace, this is the first book that I've read since we've been in quarantine that has just like sucked me in. Like That's how I felt when I read it. Oh, my God. Like I was like 40 pages in and I was like, oh, I'm going to read this whole book in a day not in like a force yeah. myself way but in like an I'm excited. I was like I was so into it. Yeah. So it's definitely like it's a beach read. Like it's definitely like the thing that you would want to be reading at a pool. Um yes. and it comes out May 5th. So, and like Yeah, I thought it was
0: cool that she moved the publish the the um the date up. I thought so, so too. She was people like, just need it. It's like the book people need right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's good.
1: There's like there is a murder. It's also about a blogger. Like, it's
0: it's good. It's like. Yeah. And it's on Cape Cod, which I obviously loved. Yeah. It's good. What about you? Yeah. What are you reading? I'm still reading No Filter by Sarah Freer. And that is the story about how Instagram was built. And it's fascinating. It's just taking me a while to read. I haven't been reading as much. I think I have like 50 pages left. Um, I'm really, really enjoying it. Do you know what I'm going to read next? What? I'm going to read The Air Affair. Oh yeah. I want to read it, but I don't read on Kindle, so I can't read it. I'm excited. I'm gonna I got
1: advanced copies of The Air Affair, which is the sequel to the Royal Wheat and Majesty, which is this the second book in American Royals, and I think I'm just gonna go for it
0: and I'm gonna have like a Royals binge this weekend. I don't know if this quarantine is gonna like make me finally break down and get a Kindle because so for us all of our usually we get advanced copies of books and usually um publishing houses will send us a print copy, but they don't have them because of everything happening right now. So everyone's doing it on, on e-readers and I might have to cave. I can't wait. I'm so excited to read both of these.
1: Um yeah. I'm sorry for everyone because they don't come out quite yet, but I will read them and I will tell you how they are and remind you yeah. when they come out. But if you need
0: a good book that is out pick up our April book club. So our April book club pick is in five years by Rebecca Searle.
1: Yes. So it's about this woman who has like the perfect on paper life. Not like us. We're bad on paper, but she has the perfect on paper life. She's a lawyer. She's been with this guy. She's getting engaged. And um, one night she goes to sleep. She has this incredibly vivid dream. And in it, it's five years in the future. And she lives in a completely different apartment, has a completely different life, is with a completely different guy. And she wakes up and she's so rattled by this. And the book follows the intermediary five years. So we see what happens to her over that time. The
0: Mm -hmm. book is so good. It's, it's so good. I read this in like a night. It's pretty short. So it's it's a quick read, but it will destroy you in a it, good way. Yes. It
1: is definitely a tearjerker. I thought it was a cathartic cry, which I think would be good for right now. I'm excited to reread it. I agree. So we're reading that. We're going to talk about it on our book club episode next Wednesday. And then next Thursday, we have an interview with the author that we did before all of this happened. Yeah. So... We're so excited. If you'd like more of us, come hang out with us in the Facebook group. Come follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast.
0: And I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. And I'm on Instagram at Grace Atwood. And I blog every day at thestripe.com. See you next week. Bye.